Wow, what an intro. Hello, everybody. DMVR Broncos podcast, not the DMVR Broncos crew. You might have heard us on the DMVR Broncos feed a time or two before, but these ugly mugs are going live, baby, to uh, not you, Henry. You are uh, (laughs) you're the beautiful baby of this show. Um, No, all joke aside. Draft crew taking over the pod on this glorious Monday. Here with me, Jake Schwanitz, Henry Chisholm, Justin Michael. I'm Andre Simone. We are going to get you ready for the combine while the rest of the DMVR Broncos crew is out in Indy getting the whole, uh, you know, the whole fun started. We will be the nerds at home looking at the 40 times and everything while they are at the bar getting intel from drunk scouts late night it's uh it's a beautiful division of labor it's uh it's what we were meant to be fellows how are we doing today i'm doing great there he is there he is yeah i always i I think we all have like a a benchmark for how long the pause needs to be before we talk Mm. mine is definitely Mm. the smallest um but yeah i'm fired up i went to the gym (laughs) i drank some water Wow. I uh, oh I I made some cuts on my Madden team, so uh, it's been a nice relaxing morning. Oh, study for the combine podcast too. I should throw that in. Oh, yeah. Henry's just hitting on all cylinders today, isn't oh, he? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he really is. He really is. A fine Monday for Hank. Justin, how are you doing? I'm literally starting to sweat, not because of the show. I left my heater on for an hour. I'm gonna turn it off real quick. So I turn around for a second. Justin, you give us the old break there. I'm doing good. You know, CSU coming up of a late night Saturday night game up until about, you know, three working on content. And so kind of slept it off yesterday, got about 15 hours of sleep, feeling rejuvenated, excited for a big week. That was the most I'd slept in probably like five years. Wow. That's uh, that's impressive. And um, Jake, instead of hearing about your day, I'm going to go piggyback right off of what Justin said and not just Justin getting some rest this weekend, John Elway becoming an outside consultant for the Broncos. I think that means a lot more rest for him, a little more uh, clear cut delineation of duties for George Payton on that. And then we hear about Josie Jewell Broncos mutual interest in staying together. Um, what do you make of that, man? Where do you stand on the on the Josie Jewell train? I mean, I think uh, I'm like most Broncos fans where, you know, Josie Jewell does have a, a little place in my heart, but uh, I'll say it again. It's a little place. Um, so it would be nice to see him back. Uh, of course, the, the cap space and the salary all 
uh, factors in. So uh, that's got to be good. I mean, you're not going to be paying, uh, I don't know, 10 million plus for him. Um, and he fills a role and knows the team. Um, you know, we'll get into linebackers as we move through this. But uh, if they choose to skip on one here in April, wouldn't it be a bad option to bring him back? Yeah, and I think with the combine talk, we'll be able to get into some of the linebackers we like best. But uh, Hank, at this point, Jewel or no Jewel, he's still a free agent. You know, as uh, Jake mentioned, you won't have to pay big money, but you'll have to pay something. It's definitely one of those positions in flux beyond Baron Browning. Where would you rank inside linebacker, off-ball linebacker, Whatever you want to call it, we're talking about not the outside linebackers rushing the passer on most downs, the mm -hmm. inside linebackers. Where do you rank that as far as the Broncos' biggest needs going into this combine and into this offseason? It's right up there. I think, like again, like free agency starts in a couple weeks, and so that's going to be what, what kind of defines all these. But mm -hmm. I mean, quarterback's the biggest. I think tackles right there. You have a bunch of linebackers, and some of them have played well, but you're just kind of like – you're, you're piecemealing it together in a way where you're no matter who you put in there, you're hoping, right? Like you're hoping Josie Jewell can, can cover whoever he's supposed to cover. You're hoping Baron Browning doesn't forget what he's supposed to be doing. And, and then it just kind of like goes downhill from there. And so I do think that that's a need because if you just add one, especially in a three, four, all of a sudden you could have a, a, a pretty solid, a pretty solid group, a really good group. And there's just with so many young guys on the team, that seems like a good place to add just a true stud and kind of put a pecking order in place. It never got addressed with Vic, Justin. Where do you see the inside linebacker position? I'd probably put it as third, maybe, you know, behind tackle and QB. I do think there's a there's an argument for edge and, and corner, kind of depending on what you view mm -hmm. the, the future with some of these veteran DBs. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 been an inconsistent role for Denver for really the better part of the, the last half decade. There's some really good choices and I'm excited to get into to some of them today because I have yeah. a pretty high on my Broncos wish list. But yeah, I think it's it's something you'd like to see addressed in, in the first three rounds and potentially even the first round, you know, depending on how things shake out. Yeah, for sure. How about you, Jake? So I've got linebacker actually at four uh, behind QB, edge, and offensive tackle. Um, as you mentioned, Dre, you can kind of ignore, or the Broncos have ignored the inside linebacker position for a while. Um, I would say that definitely has not been their biggest issue, so they have been yeah. able to survive because of it. Um, you know, we can get into the positional uh, value of all these uh, positions and everything, um, but when it's all said and done, I think linebacker eventually does need to be touched up on. Uh, maybe you take another guy like a Baron Browning, first pick day three or something like that. Yeah, Browning was definitely found at really nice value. It's going to be interesting because as some mocks have already shown and we've talked about on the draft pod, it may very well be that a couple stud off-ball linebackers are the best option at nine. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, you do get into the positional value. I mean, it's definitely behind quarterback. And I think offensive tackle, edge, and um, you know, uh, corner cornerback, edge, right tackle, and uh, QB is uh, is really the four that come before. And outside a quarterback, all those other needs you can kind of figure out a way around them, even though they are key 
positions lacker even more so um but you know you just need to kind of adjust your scheme to work around it that was the route fanjo chose to go for so many years we'll see uh we'll see this time around um let's get into the combine though let's get into indy and um this whole draft class give me one guy you're most looking forward to going into this week justin let's start with you i'm excited to see devin lloyd because i think in this scenario his just raw athleticism is is going to just be put on display he's a guy that can play all over the field i you know he's he's been a darling of the dnvr draft podcast for a couple years now if you if you listen to us he's he's very high on my wish list i love to watch this dude fly over the field and he's also just kind of one of those dudes that's really gonna kind of you know for a lack of a better term look good in his underwear it's it's gonna be awesome i'm i'm looking forward to it i'm looking forward to seeing him shine and and getting some national spotlight because let's be real, you know, a lot of these people aren't exactly locked into the Utah Utes throughout the season. Well, aside from Henry Chisholm. Um, That's true. Big, big Pac-12 guy. But yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised that Devin Lloyd has dropped off a little bit. Like his yeah, stock seems to have kind of cooled down. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, look, rarely does a guy turn down the the senior bowl nowadays if you do you're like quentin nelson and you're basically expected to go top 10 him turning that down and then all of a sudden being talked about more in the top 20 than the top 10 has been surprising as i've talked about i thought he should have been a finalist he had that kind of season for the youths who were ranked in the top 10 going into the final final week of the regular season you know um and they closed strong Jay- so it's just it, it's weird oh yeah exactly and i mean he the other thing is he's the perfect modern linebacker because all his most right. of his value is going to be on passing downs is going to be on third downs um where both his versatility and athleticism to drop back and coverage is really going to shine and uh his pass rushing value i i just can't believe how underrated that is the guy's got just he could be the next bobby wagner Another guy yeah. that came out of a Utah school. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, and uh, a tackle for loss monster. Jake, who do you have as your one guy you're watching for the Broncos going into this week in India? Yeah. So my dude is uh, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback out of Cincinnati, a guy mm. who has seen a tremendous rise above uh, Derek Stingley, uh, above Trent McDuffie, above all these other cornerbacks. He seems to be the consensus cornerback number one at this point in time. Um, just seeing if it he looks the part. Uh, can you test and hit those elite numbers uh, right. that cornerbacks need to hit in the 40, in the jumps? Um, you know, does the length, like, is it show up without the pads on? Uh, that's what I'm looking for. I mean, he's a guy that you've seen the stats. I think he allowed no touchdowns in his college football career. Uh, seven interceptions or three interceptions last year, four passes defensed. Um, he gets around the ball, even though he's not seeing a lot of action. Does he look the part? It's got to be helpful not having Derek Stingley out there too. Um, since yep. he's, he won't be competing in the combine. Like all the oh, eyes huge. in terms of cornerbacks are going to be on a lot Gardner and there's not going to be, because Stingley's going to go out there and run like a four, two, nine or four, three, two or something like that and steal the show. 
and whatever Gardner runs, it won't be that good. And now with uh, Stingley not there, at least he's not going to kind of get pushed to the wayside because of that. True. Hank, you're our pro day track expert. That LSU track mm -hmm. Stingley's opting to run on. Mm -hmm. That's a fast track, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's a fast track. And it's my guy track. also yeah. has a fast track. And that's uh, that's why this one is so big to me. This is why my number one, Brandon Smith from Penn State, uh, linebacker, just freaky tools, freaky tools, 6'3", 241, could be the next Micah Parsons. But he kind of sucks at football is the downside. Oh. Um, <laughs> doesn't really get in the backfield, doesn't really make any plays, not much of a hitter, can struggle taking on blocks, mm -hmm. just doesn't have the physicality to play linebacker. Boy, is he fast, though. And the combine, and then the Penn State Pro Day, the fast track of all fast tracks, he's going to put up some crazy numbers. And, you know, it's exciting, right? Because you can teach guys the other stuff. You can't teach 6'3", 241. And, like, he's reportedly running, like, four three sevens in practice. So we'll, uh, we'll see what that's about. But I'm really excited to see what he runs. Oh, the, the Penn State track is in rare yeah. form. <laughs> <laughs> track. I want to run on the Penn State track. I might get drafted <laughs> if I ran on the Penn State track. One of these days, we got to voyage out to, to do that and uh, and run on the Penn State track. It's so true, but wow, you're kind of kind of jumping the gun. This isn't a pre-pro day show. This I is know. a pre-combine show. I, this isn't the risers segment either. You're you're really you guys went deep and back seven heavy. Didn't expect that. We did, but also like this is why I'm excited about the the combine. We don't trust the pro day, we can't trust mm, it. So that's why combine true. for Brandon Smith. That's, that's we we turn the blinders on for the rest of it. Love Except it's that. Kind of watch. It's true. It's true. Um, I could have gone Kayvon Thibodeau and said, you know, we got to see like this could be the consensus prospect one drop into the bottom of the top ten and be a rare opportunity for the Broncos. I can always say Devin Lloyd. Um, I talked twice as long on Devin Lloyd um, than Justin did in his own segment. I, I really apologize for that. When we go back no, to the I tape. Care. I mean, my number two guy was Gardner. So we get, we got it, our bases covered between you and, and Jake. But I'm here to say David Ojogbo, the dynamic, bendy edge rusher from Michigan who played opposite Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, I don't know about often, but it was far from uncommon for him to take over games and be the more dominant pass rusher of those two studs on the Michigan front um, last season. Another guy, surprisingly, like a De Devin Lloyd, whose stock seems to be falling off a little bit randomly, if you ask me. Um, well, guys like Jeremiah Johnson from Florida State have really gathered some momentum coming off a uh, mobile and what have you. Um, but I think Ojogbo is a perfect candidate to really blow up at the combine. And he, to me, on that Broncos front seven is exactly what they could use opposite a Bradley Chubb, opposite a Jonathan Cooper to kind of counter that more conventional, um, you know, beefed up defensive end, you get that more dynamic, bendy edge rusher. And I'm not saying he's going to be the next Von Miller, but he can fill 
those shoes at a decent um and i think you know he's a guy who a couple months ago we were easily considering mocking him at four to the jets so i think you know while it's maybe not the steal that a guy like Kayvon thibodeau dropping a ninth overall maybe ajogbo would still be really nice value with how highly we thought of him earlier in the year um all three went defense just what Broncos fans want to hear. <laughs> great, great stuff, guys. Um, we are brought by MSU Denver, our presenting sponsor. They are the best way to find, um, you know, college opportunities online on our ever-growing and developing role, world role. <laughs> That's weird, Henry. One thing we do for funsies on the draft pod is I then assign someone to do the next read. And um, Henry, you've got Breck Seltzy face. I know it's a product you consume and love. Tell our people about it. I uh, I really love the Breck Seltzers. I don't think that that's much of a surprise. I think... So, like, everybody at this point likes seltzers, you know? Like, it used to be, like, three, four years ago, people would be like, oh, no, I'm a beer guy. I don't drink seltzers. Right. The right. the younger people were the first ones to be like, okay, we can drink seltzers. And now it's like there's, like, 65-year-old men who's like, I'm not drinking a seltzer. And But they're even leaving at this point. So I've been I've been on the seltzer train for a minute. I think I only had one mm. or two seltzers where I was like, no, I'm, I'm a beer guy. And then pretty quickly I was like, I just can't keep this facade up. The Breck Seltzers, though, the good company hard seltzers, they're the best seltzers out there. Um, it's also the best beers out there, too, if you're still interested in those, even though I'm, seltzers are just better than beers. It's just the way it is. Uh, Strawberry Sky, though, really good. Vanilla Porter Jr., also really good. Uh, you really can't go wrong. They have a couple different packs. The lemonade seltzers are pretty good. A little sour, but if you're into that kind of thing, I know I am, then, uh, yeah, you should uh, try those out. Uh, They do a whole bunch of cool stuff. They give money to the National Parks Conservation Association. They partner with the Nuggets and the Avs and the Broncos and the Buffs and all these teams. We love them, and we love what they make. That's a guy who came prepared. Um, Mm -hmm. May I suggest calling your generation Generation Seltzer? I think you made a per... (laughs) Take the first 20 seconds of that read, and that's the argument for Generation Seltzer right there. I'm I'm all on board with Generation <laughs> Seltzer. Generation Seltzer. <laughs> it's just building, true. In the building. It's so true. Um, Justin, while you too may be a member of Generation Seltzer, there is a, a great mortgage company that can that can help balance the funsies from the Seltzies with uh, taking care of your your home yeah it's a good point um the the seltzers are fire (laughs) by the way more of a mountain beach guy but something to keep in mind for our homeowners with prices going up it's creating natural equity in your home if you have mortgage insurance chances are you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you if you're in the buyer's market it's stressful out there like the housing market in colorado it's stupid and that's why you want my friends mike and virginia chevalier to come in they're going to alleviate so much stress. They're just going to take some of that burden off of you. And they're going to allow you to, to focus on your home being a home, not just a house. They uh, they have a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can get a free DNVR shirt or hat. Most importantly, though, you can get a free consultation to set up all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. 
As mortgage brokers, they can shop over a dozen lenders and find the right products for you. They want you to know who you're working with and not feel bounced around. Really upfront, really genuine, good people. I've met them. They helped us at the Trey McBride event. They've sponsored the Rams pod now for like two years. Genuinely, I have nothing but great things to say about the Chevaliers. Go to dnvrmortgage.com. You can also call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. True bow, bow, bow. homies, those guys. Love it. Well done. Uh, Jake, I thought I thought they... They put on a better performance than they usually do when we go audio only. They, I think they've stepped it up for uh, the on-air crew. Yeah, I think the sponsors will be happy. I think the entertainment yeah. factor was a little lacking, though. Wow. Hey, I'm just <laughs> saying. Jake I've been known a to bigger laugh. role, and then he just comes in hot with the <laughs> you <laughs> Hey, I'm just used to having one of you guys making me actually like belly laugh uh, because of one of your ad reads. So. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Right. It's tough to be uh, comedic about a mortgage, though, because it's it's mm. serious stuff. And they do great stuff. Sure. I didn't want to sell them short. They genuinely do great stuff. Go to uh, dnvrmortgage.com. See? Beautiful. We are the DNVR Broncos podcast, though, Draft Pod Takeover, presented by MSU Denver. Um, those guys are outstanding. Check them out. And uh, we will keep on looking at the combine, really dialing in on the guys that we are watching for the Broncos all week, going in through the weekend like a bunch of sickos watching 40s and bench presses and everything in between. And as we preview that, we're going to have some fun and get into some over unders uh really dial it in look at that um beautiful that's awesome as uh as you can imagine this is uh based on combine workouts and beyond so uh jake take it away you organize the the categories for us you can't bet on these at DraftKings sportsbook but you, you might be able to hit up a few uh work hard workouts starting thursday yeah yep thursday through sunday is the combine what were you saying, Henry, in my DMs? Yeah, hit my DMs if you want. Oh, action okay. On any of these. okay. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Okay, that, that is not sponsored content. That's Henry on his own going. I just want to say that. Um, my DMs. Yeah, Jake, take it away. <laughs> All right. Um, a lot of these are pretty creative that I have. Um, anything from 40s to bench reps to three cones. Uh, also, as we get into the back end, we'll have a bit more fun with them. My first one, though, uh, Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas. Let's go to his 40-yard dash time, and let's go over under 4.39. Listed at 6'3", 225. He's one of three like true free athletes at the receiver position but drake london and jameson williamson yeah i got that name right williams yep just williams williams thanks yeah um <laughs> they i they they're dealing with nagging injuries i don't know how much you can expect from them or even a george pickens who aren't at 100 percent. Right. but burks on the other hand who's seen as like big debo 
because of how versatile he is is the freak that will be on this play. So that's kind of setting the, the scene for you if you're not super familiar with the Arkansas Pro. A little Demarius Thomas in him? Big boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nah. Usually a, a comp like that, I would, you know, lashings would be given out. The fact that lashings aren't handed out says it all. Yeah. Okay. What do you okay. think, fellas? Four, three, nine. I feel like the over is the safe bet here. I feel like the over is the safe bet here. It's just so yeah. hard to go that fast. Yeah. At the same time, like he is one of like the three or four fastest receivers, at least fastest notable receivers in this draft. I'm sure there's like some guy from Western Michigan who's just gonna run like a four two seven and he'll be five foot eight and be out of the league in two years. But but in terms of like players who are relevant, he is right up there. I just if I have to pick a side, I'm I'm gonna take the over, and I think I'm probably gonna regret it. Ah, I'm I'm worried about that. That's a well set line. It's well set. I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna say he runs it like a four three five. Wow. There you go. Hank talking to the over, over, but it's close. I mean, it's it's right there. Marius was a four three eight, by the way. I'll go under. I don't know if I'm picking my own uh, my own over unders here, but I'm going to pick it because I think that Traylon Burks is the potential to really become one of the stars of the combine. Uh, we'll get to our risers later, but as a guy coming in as a sort of headliner, I expect him to stay there after this weekend. Interesting. Definitely a big one to watch for sure. Um, take us to the next one, Jake. All right, <clears throat> we're going to stay with forty yard dashes. Um, this time we're going to go to Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, we're going to go over under 4.53. The 4.53 is Jadeveon Clowney's time from, uh, oh gosh, what was this, 2016, 2017, whenever he came out? Wow. I, uh, I really hope it's over. That's I'll say that. Up. I really hope that teams just have a reason to keep overthinking him. I still think, like, I, I know I backed off a little bit. He is the best talent in this draft. He just is the best talent in this draft. And if he runs slowly, you could see how we could get through, what, two more months, a month and a half of teams just being like, oh, I don't know, you know, seven sacks in the Pac-12. Eh. And, and then he could slip to the Broncos. I, I Give me the over. Give me the over. Love it. Four, five, three, Lisa? Yeah, Four, it's, five, just, three. it's hard for a guy with that much size to, to run something south of that. I mean, if he does, it's, it's – you know, like we said, there's probably no chance he ends up falling to, to nine, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna say over, but barely. Dre, uh, yeah, I'll go over. I think he's closer to like Bradley Chubb's four, six, five, and uh, he excels a little more on the on the three cone and what have you. Um, though, man, like at his size, four, six, five blazing amazing yeah you know i'd yeah. take the under on that too i'd definitely take the under on that on four six five on four six five i'd take the under yeah dang i'm thinking I, like I four think six he... flat is probably it yeah I, i'm with hank i think four six five is easy work for kt four five three is I, I know Clowney's. it's not a ideal comp but it's uh you know they're two freakish guys i know Clowney was kind of at a different level but all right, ready for the next one then. How about Let's any prospects 
under 4.3 in the 40 yard dash. So anyone to run a 4-2, mm-hmm. whether it's 4-2-9, um, or do we get a 4-2? Yes. Hammer the under. <laughs> no. <laughs> mm. Interesting. I'm just I'm having trouble thinking of who could do it. Like it, especially with Stingley not there. I just we'll get I one in a pro day, but we're not getting one on the combine. Right. You where, don't where have a ton. It'd be Isaiah Spiller, Calvin Austin, who's 160 pounds out of Memphis. He was at the senior bowl. John Dodson, though you never know if the white like why would he run when he can run a four one at the Penn State track. <laughs> at the Penn State track, yeah. <laughs> Roger McCreary. There's a there's a hot name right now for this. I think that's a good one. He is he, I mean another toolsy long cornerback, the Auburn guy. That's a fun he one runs to watch. A four too. two. That'd be huge for a stock. It would be. Ahead of Andrew Booth so from fast, Clemson. Mm-hmm. I, I think if he I, runs I, a in four the two, right? Yeah. Woo! I almost cussed there. That that'd be crazy. That's a nice hot <laughs> there, Kink. I like that one. Um, Next one. Yeah, I saw let's... Daxton Hill in the chat. Daxton yeah. Hill would be fun to watch. That uh, that's a uh, that's a sneaky pick for. Uh, I, uh-huh. I don't think he gets that low though. I think he could get like the four three five that that everybody gets excited right. about. But I don't think he breaks four three. Yeah, he's four a, two he for a safety's place. Exactly. You, it just doesn't happen. Right. He was like a five-star recruit, a massive recruit uh, when he went to Michigan, though. So he definitely could put up some insane numbers. Last 40-yard dash, actually, I lied. We have one more. Malik Willis, over under 4.5. Ooh. Under. Under, barely. Barely, like 4.89, 4.88, or 4.48, you know what I mean? Like barely under. Right, right. I'll take the under, too. I, uh, this is, I mean, this might be the most watched 40 time, right? In terms, right. like, because if, if he's going to wind up being a top 10 pick, it's going to be because he, he's freaky fast in all the testing. Let me, let me ask you this, Henry. How fast a track is the Ohio State track? Because Justin Fields ran a 4 4 4. I don't know how fast the track is. I mean, you have to imagine it's a fast track, right? <laughs> like, it's Ohio State. Okay. But in terms of, like, I can't think of. A reason I, I'm, I'm, you know, there's, there's, there's no buzz around the Ohio State track. I'll say that. Four fours have become more common for quarterbacks. I think Malik gets it. I think he gets it. Yeah, yeah he has to. Jake, where would you lead on that? One? that? He's a guy that goes downhill. Like he's used to running like this, and I do yeah. think that's a factor with some of these, you know, like defensive ends and stuff. You're not necessarily used to being like a downhill. Right. right. I. I don't know if I'm being a bit of a chicken if I say this, but I think I'm going to go barely over. I think that uh, he's like a four five one four five two. I think he's right there. It's it's enough to keep it interesting, but I don't think we get under that number. I mean, that could happen, like especially if you have like a slow. You know, you have to run so perfectly to run a four four. Like if you, you know, you get off right. the block a little bit late, you stumble even half a step. You know, that's that's the difference between being below and above it. Yeah, I mean, and it's why these are well-set lines because... Shorter legs, too. You always want to hammer. I mean, usually it's the over, but in this case, it's the under. You know, it's the more attractive number rooting for a faster time. 
Um, so you, you got to always set it a little more aggressively. If not, it's too enticing to go through for that, you know. I've been over under for you guys. Let's hear it, Justin. Lay it on. All right. Over under two and a half wide receivers putting up 20 or more bench reps. Ooh. Two and a half. Really like a, ah, usually the box. 20 is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. How many receivers did you say? You said two and a half? Yeah. One and a half might have been the better line if, if it's yeah. only receivers. And even on one and a half, I think we just get one guy. I take the under. So what if I open it up to pass catchers where now you get guys like Trey McBride and some of these tight ends in the mix? Tight ends will do it. Tight yeah, ends will tight do ends it. Will do that. You'd want to set that more at like four and a half, maybe. You maybe almost wonder about like, Even then, dude, 20 is a lot. And they ding you for any type of... Yeah. Again, like tennis. pro day twenty and combine twenty are a completely different thing. <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful. Um, Could Jahan Dotson, like those little those little guys? I feel like th- those are the guys who are sure. better at that. He just sure. doesn't seem like he could do it. Like he, he's just not a strong guy. I not remember Eddie Royal having an epic showing on the bench back in the day. Yeah, Shouts exactly. to Eddie Royal. Exactly. You just uh, reminded me of my guy last year. Didn't Rondale Moore put up like an insane bench number last year? I'm yeah, trying to look for it. Those are the right. guys, when you're looking at 20, those are the guys who are going to yeah. do it. Like, right, because it's... Long-ass arms. Exactly. Not that he's doing right. like, that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, I like I'll that go one. over, Justin. I think, uh, I think Burks has it easy. I think we'll see someone like a... Like a George Pickens or a John Mechie, someone who's not going to really run at the combine, just go all out on the bench. I'll, I'll take the under. I'll take the under. Again, like Burks is where your brain goes first. Where you're like, he's going to do it. But those long arms, like I just, I'm not betting on his long arms. So true. I think it's under if it's receivers. But like I said, I think if you frame it as pass catchers, then it's probably over just with the yeah. tight ends. Even then, I, I don't think it's as big of a lock as, it, as you might seem just because. Like a lot of those guys get to 16, 17, and they they just kind of lose steam there. Um, there's probably a couple of running backs who technically could be framed as pass catchers as well. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, dude like Max Borgie, it wouldn't surprise me if he just put up monster bench because mm-hmm. he's just a, that type of dude, you know, the gym yep. rat with the 12 pack and biceps like this. Like, it doesn't necessarily translate to being like a great football player, but he's a great athlete. Back in 2019, it did. I've got a He's, I've got a bench press one. Yeah, okay. let's do it. Okay, uh, Jordan Davis, Georgia defensive tackle, the absolutely massive human being. He is listed at six six three forty. How about over under thirty reps on the bench? Under because it's just an insane number. Thirty. <laughs> Have you seen months. Jordan Davis throw offensive linemen off of him, Justin? Yeah, he's a freak, dude. But again, it's just the you don't. There are very few situations where these guys rep like that. Like that's not how you lift on a normal basis. So unless it's a point of emphasis for him to like, you want to know what I'm gonna put up 35 reps, and it might be, and then I'll look like a jackass when he puts up 39. But like, it's an insane number. Give me the over. <laughs> Give me the over. He's gonna do yeah. it. He's gonna put. See, because like that's the thing though is like. 
if you're going to put up a number like that, you're going to do it pretty easily. Like you're either so strong that it's like you're just it it right. It doesn't you even know matter. like the it's first five reps the or you're not. And yeah. so that's why it's like but Stephen Paye, I just looked it up, has the record with like 49. It's like, yeah, he's just a strong guy. That's like me lifting up like a cup of water or something. I, I'm I'm going to bet on Jordan Davis being that kind of guy. For reference sake, Vita Vea had 41. And that's the dilemma Christ. and comp you're going <laughs> to <laughs> Absurd. Absurd. 41 is otherworldly, man. Um I just think Jordan Davis is that dude. Now, the thing is, how long are his arms? I wouldn't right. be surprised if he was like 35 plus inches. And then it doesn't matter how big you are. 25 is a task. Um, what do you guys think of like, I'm not yet, guys, Jordan Davis? Just too long. <sighs> <laughs> I'd go over all the way. What was that, Hank? What do you think? Like, I, I've seen some debates on the internet, Vita Vea and Jordan Davis, where it's like Jordan Davis is could be just like Vita Vea, where it's like maybe he's not out there on the field constantly, but when he is, he's just beating the hell out of whoever's in front of him. At the same time, Vita Vea, like, he might just be a freak. I I don't know. I mean, I think you explained it perfectly. Like, that's kind of the two scenarios, right? Yeah. But which one is it? Right, we don't know. Um... They is a, like top of the league at his position though, so it's kind of tough to say that Jordan's going to come in and be that. Um, I will say, looking at the combine or the pro day numbers, I guess um, they match up pretty like similarly in terms of height and weight. Uh, Vita coming in at six four three forty seven, um, he only had thirty two and five eighths arms. Uh, Andre, if you were wondering, yeah, so, that makes all the uh -huh. difference in the world. Yeah. Um, I I understand the debate. I think Vita Vea is expecting a smidge too much. I also thought Vita Vea was just a, a little more unique as an interior um, pass rusher and just his like escapability and ability to slip blocks. Yeah, quick feet, um, jump off. I do think in a class where we keep hearing go oh, outside of the top. 10 12 15 it's basically second round value how a guy who's gonna demand double teams um is still not in the mix in the first round um and you know commanding double teams uh, it it does matter how it offsets the math up front for your defensive line and frees up other guys. You know, the great modern example is in that Jim Harbaugh, Vic Fangio defense um, with Justin Smith. Justin Smith wasn't dynamic or great. He would just, he would literally grab onto and hold two linemen to free up Alden Smith. No relation. Right. Um, and that was what dominated that front on top of the two interior linebackers. So, uh, and you know, it's not like v we've seen Dwayne Brown get drafted in the top 10 really high. You know, it's not like mm -hmm. Vita Vea was the only uh, nose tackle that's ever been considered with a high pick in the NFL. But it, yeah, at the same time, you're making an investment who at will only be on the field 55% of the time. Mm -hmm. All right. I've got uh, four more. Um, if you guys want to speed it up a bit here and we can yeah, yeah, get let's through do these it. all. 
Um, <clears throat> let's go to Kyle Hamilton. This one, I think, kind of tests uh, how much film have you watched to this point? Uh, over, under on his vertical, 39 and a half. Hmm. Does he get that magic 40 number? I think so. I think he does. I think he does. I think he's one of these testers. I think he does that. Yeah. I think I think he runs real fast. I think I think maybe maybe if he disappoints, it's the long arms and the bench press, but the quickness, the speed, and I'll I'll give him the jumping too. I, I think it's over. I'm gonna say under, but not like substantially. Man, he's such a hard one because he kind of glides. It doesn't even look like he runs fast. So you almost wonder, is that explosiveness at that level there? Um, but yeah, I think it is. I think he's just kind of different. That's another really well-set line, though. Well, uh, that's right. for reference for there, that was set off of Isaiah Simmons' uh, vertical of 39 inches. Um, if you go back, remember, guys, the, first, or the, the game against uh, Cincinnati – when uh, I think it was first quarter, Kyle Hamilton jumps like 80 feet in the air and blocks a Desmond Ritter pass. So I think he's got it in the bag. <laughs> I think so, too. Um, I like it. <laughs> let's do okay. – uh, how about this one? The benchmark is going to be Nick Bosa's three-cone time, which was at 7.1. How about Aiden Hutchinson over under that? Love this one. Um, I think it's a firm over. And Nick Bosa got kind of dr- – for that seven one, but it was good at his size. Mm-hmm. Hutch is just a little longer. That's like that's not necessarily his game. And I think he'll still run a decent one for his size, but it won't be a seven one. Yeah. I I'm also or no under. I almost said over because better, but no under because it's better. I think he's faster or really? quicker, whatever you want to call it. I yeah, yeah, I I've, yeah, I feel good about that. The Nick Bosa? Okay. Okay. I yeah. respect it. I respect yeah. it. I respect I mean, it. Stood his ground, dude. He didn't flinch on that. That was. Oh, he didn't. Dre came for him, and he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I will he say didn't. over as well, just because that's for a guy with that size, that would be crazy rare. I mean, it. He's a phenomenal football player. I just some of these drills, you know, it's it's better suited for some of the bendier, shifty guys, and he's kind of more of like a. I'm just gonna boom go through you. I'll add that when uh, remember Antonio Alfano, the former number one recruit in the country, goes to Bama, comes to Colorado. Uh, when uh, when he did his like pre college testing, he went to whatever site. All of his numbers were better than Nick Bosa's at the combine. So like the forty time, the quickness stuff, the size, Sounds like the Penn State that. track. So that was all the hype, and so <laughs> yeah. but that's why I was like, you know, if if Antonio. If Antonio Lafano can do it, I'm I'm taking Aiden Hutchinson. Give, I'm going to bank on him. Nobody has ever lied on their recruiting profile <laughs> about their abilities. It's 100% honest integrity. Um, yeah. It's the opening. If anyone in the chat who knows who Antonio Alfano is, hit us up. I'd love to get a sampling <laughs> on that. Uh, before we dig into some questions, that that's the last one, Jake, or did you have any more for us? I got two more. They're a bit of oh, okay. on, left field on. ones. All right. First yeah, yeah. one, in the gauntlet drill, the drill where uh, quarterbacks or whoever is throwing the ball, they go down the 50-yard line. You got to turn each direction, right? You catch like eight balls. Receivers and defensive backs do it. Over under 1.5 headshots in the gauntlet drill this year. Over. 
<laughs> so um, well set line. Give me, the over. Give me the over. We all want to cheer for the over. Yeah, we all want. One is a classic. Give me, the, give me the over. It's kind of class to to pelt a few guys in the helmet. It's both that quarterback. It, it just we we've got it going on. The it's it's prime time, no doubt. It's like when you go to the right. driving range and you try and hit the cart. You know those QBs want to do it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. Final one. The reason why we all watch the combine. Rich Eisen's 40-yard dash over under six seconds. To give you a little bit of context, last year he ran 5.98. His fastest time was in 2016. He ran a 5.94. Um, he has gone under five seconds one, two, three times since he started doing it in 2010. Over under six seconds, boys. Holy give me cow. The under. Give me the under. Let's go. Let me bet on Rich Eisen. I, I'm not a good better. I'll add that as well. <laughs> I'm going the over. It's been a year where physical fitness has, has been deprioritized for a lot of folks. I'm, I'm betting he may be, you know, watching Cobra Kai on Netflix a little bit and then not hitting the gym the way he should. I'm saying it's like a 6-1. I think I think Rich is dialed in. I think he's dialed in. I'm yeah, taking the I, love under. I hope I'm so. I hope him. for his sake he does it. Sub six at his age is pretty freaking impressive, I will say. It's incredible. Absolutely. Um all right. That that was the last one. That was uh yeah. that was great. Um before we jump into the final segment and take your questions, let's get into our predictions with the biggest risers coming out of the combine a lot of names we've already floated around um but now's now's your time to put your stamp on who will be the uh you know the underwear olympics winners the big risers coming out the combine which will probably mean more in a more volatile draft year like this one jake start us off who you got I'm going to go with uh, my guy, Jalen Wattemeyer. Um, he's super long and athletic, tight end out of Texas A&M. Hank saw him up close and personal, and all he could do was marvel about how massive of a human he was. Um, he's a guy that, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to compare him to Kyle Pitts, but he's super athletic, super long. I think that he's going to put up some insane numbers, some really good jumps. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets under that 4-5 number. Uh, I think that he's going to have a real big rise here. Love that. I'll, I'll throw uh, I'll throw Trey Anderson out there. This is this is the time where it's it's I'm, I'm jumping on the train. Uh, he wow. was one of the, he was one of the big risers at the Senior Bowl. Um, what after afterward, Mel Kiper was saying like he's a second or third round guy. This is the linebacker from Montana State, by the way. But he's one yep. of those modern like, is he a linebacker? Is he a pass rusher? Do you do you line him up in the slot even and not not as like a slot corner, but against heavier formations in that kind of like modern, whatever you call it, defense. And because of that, and be, again, because he's an FCS player, I think that people will be a little bit surprised about how quickly he runs. I think that while he did get a little bit of hype after, again, like a really good senior bowl performance, this is the one where he he, he gets into the, the the real conversation in that like top 100 range. That was actually who I had as, as my number one guy as well, just because after Hank had talked about him, I went back and also because CSU's defensive coordinator 
came over from Montana State, so I've been watching mm-hmm. them a lot, and he's a guy you just can't, you know, take your eyes off of. He's a freaky athlete, and I think he's really going to shine. But just for the, the sake of throwing some more guys out there, um, I think Trey McBride, obviously, but after what he did at the Senior Bowl, I don't know if his stock can necessarily go up that much higher. But I do think in these situations where he's competing and you get to look at him and then you look at the tight end next to him and it's one of those where it's like, well, who would you rather have? Trey McBride, I don't know if he stands out quite as much in this, you know, underwear type setting. He, he's going to look better at the senior bowl. So again, I think Weidermeyer is probably better for that pick. Um, but I'll throw James Cook out there, the, the Georgia running back, Dalvin's brother. Let's go, Justin. We've talked a lot about how his game translates much better at the next level. And I think he's going to be able to, to show his ability as a pass catcher. I think he's going to move well. And he's a guy who I would really like to see potentially end up in Denver because I think paired with Javante Williams, that's a really dynamic backfield. Mm-hmm. But I'll throw in there real quick with Trey McBride. Bench press is big for him because he's not one of those like big, long guys. Like if first Arms of all, are if long, just, though. Arms are I mean, real long. But he's not he's not Jalen Weidermeyer, six foot five frame trying to get down there. I th- he he is a little bit yeah. boxier than that. Yeah. I do think that like if he can put up a huge number, that that would really help his case. I think it's possible. I feel pretty good about that based on on what I know about Trey. Inside info. Yeah. Um, I'll go Trayvon Walker, the defensive end out of Georgia. He we're already starting to see that rise, but he Stud. is a big defensive end he's long he's one of the few guys in the like 270s and not one of these smaller edges in the 255 260 um and he really stands out in pursuit when he has to like chase behind a running back he's that he's that big defensive end that'll be catching running backs or wide receivers um you know uh down the downfield and chasing them down so i really think while his production especially in such a talented front where they had to you know the pressures were very much by committee that uh he he should really blow up um in the combine and make it reached on a little bit because i think while you like all the tools the one that's most in doubt is his ability to consistently get after the passer when you're drafting a defensive end, that is kind of key. Um, in fact, kind of scares me and reminds me a little of Deion Jordan. But um, Trayvon Walker, definitely top guys. Um, give me two more before we, we get out of here. All right. Um, I'm going to go with uh, DeMarvin Leal, a guy who's really kind of, I don't want to say dropped off, but I think his, his stock's been a little bit disrespected, honestly. A uh, three-year player at Texas A&M was a five-star recruit. Um, plays inside, can play outside. He's versatile along the front. He got eight and a half sacks this year, 12 and a half tackles for loss. Um, I mean, this is a guy that the pedigree and profile says he's just going to test out of his mind. Um, and he's lost a lot of steam in terms of stock with all these uh, other guys kind of taking the show at the senior bowl and such. I expect him to kind of come out and regain some of that momentum. Love that. We, we mentioned Daxton Hill earlier, but I think this is where he really shines. You know, he's been kind of that fringe first rounder through the entire process, but and everybody wants fast DBs at this point, and he is absolutely that, and he's a hitter on top of it. And I think that because he does have some of those other traits, like still some mistakes in coverage, those sorts of things, but 
you have the hitting ability, you have the downhill ability, but also to throw in a bunch of speed. I, I think that that kind of rounds out a, a lot of what he is. Um, I, I think he's he's going to shoot up draft boards after this week. Hank's going Michigan. I'm going Ohio State. Chris Olave, wide receiver, I think has at times kind of been forgotten about with, with the rise of, you know, Traylon Burks and, and some of these other guys. But I do think he's going to run well. I think he's going to, one of those guys, again, we kind of mock it, but the underwear Olympics, he's, he's just going to look really good in this situation. Very smooth pass catcher, good route runner, just a, a complete player. And I think that uh, over these next couple of days, we all kind of remember just how special Olave can be. Like that, um, I'll go Trevor Penning, a guy who's already rising a lot, but the Northern Iowa small school guy, we've seen it a lot. Um, you know, Lane Johnson, Spencer Brown, the the small school guy who rises up. He's already uh, really, really big, and I think you see plenty of athleticism on tape, which uh, should translate at the combine. And another guy who we're already kind of seeing rise up in mocks and being you know mocked in the top ten in some places. That might be, be become more regular um, at the combine. Jake, can you do a three for three Texas A&M sweep? <laughs> Almost. Uh, I went with Edge again. I went with uh, Drake Jackson out of USC. Kind of the same thing as Layal, honestly. Great pick. A guy who was, I mean, we were talking top five, even number one overall possibility uh, about a year ago with him in this class. Now he's, I mean, he's way down here. Uh, Draft Network had him at 78, uh, kind of a meteoric fall. Uh, but I think that he's someone like Leal who has, he fits the the pedigree of someone who will test well at the combine. And I think he's going to do that. And he comes off a team, uh, first of all, just a bad team with a poorly coached defense that was running different things every week, switching from 3-4 to 4-3 to all these different. And I think when you, you have a guy in college, like you want to give him, some stability and say, here's what we are going to do. This is what you do. This is how you get to the quarterback instead of changing it up. So I do think that that, that hurt him. That's a good pick. And that was one that I considered. I wound up going with a uh, Josh Job from Alabama, uh, the cornerback. I think that, I think that his speed doesn't really pop on, on tape so much, particularly because of everybody else on that defense. You know, last year there's Pat Sertan on the other side, who's just a freak. And so he's kind of been, forgotten about and i'm not sure that he is necessarily like a first round pick but but i do think that once he gets out there and puts the numbers up uh at least he he starts to get into that conversation a little bit um yeah i I think i think his speed shows up in particular i'm gonna go wyoming linebacker chad muma and stay on brand rep the mountain west he's a yeah colorado kid a really cool guy um but he's really gonna look good and in some of the you know the three cone and in some of these situations where he just gets to show how twitchy he is how quick he is he has great hands he's phenomenal in pass coverage really you know a lot of the things that we we said about Devin Lloyd you can kind of also attribute to Chad Muma it's it's not quite the the same level I mean Devin Lloyd in my opinion is a generational type linebacker but when I look at Chad Muma I see a guy who can be a three down player very effective and I think you know he's really going to help his case because he's been He's been overlooked a little bit at times and in what is a talented linebacker group. Love that. Um, we've said a ton of names throughout this show that I could have easily thrown out there. Kyle Hamilton, Devin Lloyd, Dexton Hill, 
Mij Sanders would be another I'd throw out by. I think Isaiah Spiller to close out the Texas A&M yeah. talk. Um, modern back, dynamic back, guy with some size and a ton of speed um, and some real versatility as a pass catcher as well. So love me some Isaiah Spiller. I think in an odd running back class, he's a guy who could really blow up. I like we got that. all and that's not we got them all really in, huh? but that is true. like he has the speed but like it's the physicality that that really i feel like kind of separates him but the mm. speed will definitely pop he definitely has nfl speed and i think that gets overlooked that's a good one thank you henry i appreciate yeah. it um the physicality not just of isaiah spiller but of usc 272 will also be appreciated and enjoyed um, as Covington takes on Masvidal in the on the great all-time UFC fights. Um, this is a rematch. It's, uh, it's going to be great. Just $1 on DraftKings Sportsbook, the king of sportsbooks, and the official sports betting partner of the USC. Bet just $1 on the main event and get $100 in free bets, no matter what, a guaranteed hundred free. What a deal for new users on DraftKings Sportsbook. That is incredible. And also Covington, so hateable. Even if you lose money, which you won't, it sounds like. You just put it on Mosby, though. You'll be ecstatic. Um, geez, what a deal for new users. Existing users get amazing deals, too. Left, right, center. Great customer care, great app, updated recently, by the way. All sorts of great deals. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DMVR um, to throw down just $1 on the UFC 272 main event and get $100 in free bets. No matter what happened in the fight, that's go DMVR this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official betting partner of USC. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And uh, Justin, Strava? Strava? You got it? Yeah, we can do Strava. Let me pull it up here. I love Strava. Oh, or was it, I love... was it Henry? I don't remember who I, mean, I signed this it doesn't I matter. I can do it. Um, wow. I don't know about you guys. I, I don't ever want to leave my house at this point. So if I can get it delivered, that is the move. And that is why I love Strava Craft Coffee. I never have to leave my house again for coffee. I can get it delivered straight to my doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks with their subscription service. And on top of that, I'm going to get 20% off every single time. If you haven't tried Strava Craft, you got to check it out. I'm telling you, it is so smooth, so tasty. You can have eight cups of it and not get any jibber, jitters. And, you know, it's CBD infused. So it helps you with migraines, IBS, all kinds of problems. When you use the code DNVR25 at StravaCraftCoffee.com, you're going to get 25% off your entire order. That is big time. Like I said, it, it helps with headaches, joint pains, IBS, so much more. Go to StravaCraftCoffee.com and check it out today. Make sure you're using that code DNVR25. Save 25% off your order. Whew, pulled it out. Beautiful. Nicely done. Yeah, you all, you pulled that off like uh, like you had a little Strava this morning, a little pep in your step, a little extra <laughs> yeah. 
extra juice to get you going on that one. Well done. Um, addition question on this here pod, we take questions. Yes, Jake, starting with um, Jake. <laughs> Do we think that the Penn State track is filled by Strava craft coffee? Wow, yes, we do. <laughs> Henry, we there do. you go. That might be the secret to all these fast tracks, frankly. Yeah. Right? Um, I would do. Hank's yeah. thinking long and yeah. hard. Science. Yeah, that definitely is. Science. I, I <laughs> that really got my mind going in a bunch of different Science. ways. <laughs> all right, what are the questions? Let's get into it. Um, we'll start with the Bronco Oilers. Um, if we don't get Rogers now, we should mention this. These are all questions from DMVR subscribers, the DMVR.com. Become a member today. Get a free t shirt with membership. All the content, fellas, out in Indy. The draft stuff we've got up our sleeves coming, um, especially from Jake, Justin, Henry, um, at the attorneys at the conference basketball tournaments um you know hopefully march madness will will uh knock on wood college football season uh much to their chagrin around the corner um you know abs nuggets mean? seasons uh to the to your displeasure let's say no i'm pleased i love football you are huh um oh, yeah. that's that's good I'm, I'm glad to hear that henry and, and everything else, you know, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies may come back. Probably, probably there'll be baseball again. MLS uh, season kicking off. DMVR, amazing stuff. Ryan Greed just on board. Support us. Become a member. Jump in on all the amazing perks. And uh, don't miss out because this is really one of those epic, epic um, times of year in Denver sports where everything's going on at once and you really don't want to miss out on that membership. One of the many perks, being able to ask questions to the DMVR Broncos pod, draft pod as well. We we remember to answer those from time to time. Um, and so as is tradition, we jump right in, and that's where we get back to Bronco Oilers. If we don't get Rodgers, do you think the front office becomes more likely to talk themselves into a first-round quarterback in what is perceived to be a weak class. The expectation is that they're pretty risk-averse when it comes to drafting quarterbacks, and they'd go free agent veteran route, but there really aren't many compelling options out there. Add to that the history we've had passing on draft um, for veteran trade free agent options. It makes me wonder if the front office will be weary of trying to sell that to the fan base and the locker room for another season so uh what do you think change of tendency and more likely to draft the quarterback if rogers isn't uh isn't had i mean if you don't have aaron Rodgers, then you are definitely more likely to draft a quarterback that i think no that, doubt. That's yes where you start um at the <laughs> same point. time great great point. like uh how how do you pass on justin fields at nine and take malik willis at nine you know, how do you pass on Mac Jones at nine and pick Kenny Pickett at nine? You know, and maybe that one doesn't fit. Well, but I, I do think that in a vacuum, it's pretty well I, to me. I, I, uh, I, I don't see it probably. Maybe there's a trade down, maybe second round, even who knows. Um, but the, the one difference, obviously, is that you did get your coaching change. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett says, yeah, I want to take a chance on one of those guys. And that's kind of the X factor. 
Um, and that seems tough to predict. And to me, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, I think I've got three years where I'm really confident that I get to, to, to be around. You know, I'm not going to get fired. I also don't think I'm going to get fired after year one. I think it's going to be easy to excuse year one if I don't get a quarterback. And so it probably does make more sense from his perspective, too, to wait and, and get one you really like. Unless he sees something in one of these guys that, that I don't or we don't or who knows. That's the yeah. thing, right? Yeah. If you do draft one of these guys in the first two rounds, it's almost it's worth getting that fifth year deal and, and taking them in the oh. first round if you are going to do it. Mm-hmm. But as we've all made it pretty clear over the last couple of months, none of us are, you know, jumping with joy to commit long term to any of these guys. There's a lot of project picks. I do think you draft a quarterback. You know, I hope that one of these, you know, top six guys fall to the third or fourth round or, or something like that. And you bring somebody in and you let them compete with Drew Locke. If you don't get Aaron Rodgers, that's obviously best case. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just, especially top 10, I, I think Hank sold it pretty well. Like if you didn't believe in, in Justin Fields and Mac Jones, two guys who showed, you know, they weren't perfect, but there was a lot to work with and showed a hell of a lot more than any of these guys have. I just I don't I don't know how you then take Kenny Pickett in in the top ten this year. Right, I'm right there with you guys. I think I mean just going to George Payton. He's a scout scout, right? And I think that he he understands that patience is a part of the process. He understands that uh, you know first year head coach year two for him at GM. I don't think he's necessarily in a rush to get a quarterback. And I think after he's going to do his due diligence, he'll come to a similar realization as us and that uh, maybe these guys aren't something, you know, to bet on long-term or I could be completely wrong. Cause I thought last year that was going to be the year they took a quarterback at nine and well, we all know what happened. So. Yeah. I mean, you guys make a good point. History would suggest that George Payton is not just going to jump the gun um, all of a sudden, but Hackett is a massive factor in that. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I wouldn't add much much more than that. Coach Tobin uh, chimes in and says, great show. How about we draft the kicker from Texas and move on from McManus? He is really good, has the best name, and will be cost-controlled. That's all I have for today. Um, I got to Google this guy. Yeah, My only so, qualm is we don't get Gus Johnson coming with him to say, Dicker, no. a kicker. <laughs> and because of that, I don't know. You don't necessarily need a kicker. You've got McManus. He's been reliable. Um, again, if, if Gus Johnson was a part of the deal and he got to therefore call every single Broncos games and just get me jacked every time that Dicker, the kicker, it, listening to, I mean, it was must must watch TV. But, uh, yeah, he's great, but Denver doesn't need a kicker. The uh, What was his oh big gosh. game winner, like, his freshman year? Was it against OU? Was yeah, it was that OU. Big... It was the red. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of my favorite moments in college football in the last five years or so. That was awesome. Um, I, I couldn't tell you too much about kicking, scouting the kicker, though. I, I personally like Mr. Brandon McCannis, uh, so uh, I'm, st- I'm down with sticking with my guy another year. Okay, so I just pulled up the stats. He hit a 50-yarder this year. That was his long. And I was like, oh, a little disappointing. Year before that, 53. Year before that, he hit one from 57. Year before that, 52. So, I mean, he's got a big leg for sure. Not a reason to move on from one of the best kickers in the NFL, though, in my opinion. Yeah, I I haven't dug in too much to this kicker class. But uh, I'm not a big draft 
draft special teams, punting and kicking. Uh, I don't think that works out as well as people imagine. Just like an insanely good kick. Like if if he if he hits a sixty five yarder at some point, then you're like, okay, maybe. But even then, Mm. I I don't know. I hate it. It's a it's a Raiders Stonehouse didn't uh, get a combine invite, so I I think you can bring in a lot of talented specialists without having to invest draft capital in them. And I understand that because of this year, you know, the whole trend, oh, they drafted the kicker, but it's it's just not the norm. Yeah, and I mean, it doesn't always work out. Like Zane Gonzalez and Florida Mason State, Crosby yeah. are the most sure right. And um, the Florida State kid, Robert just seem like completely sure things. Zane Gonzalez got cut after a couple of years. Mason Crosby's had a great career. Um, he yeah, hasn't Cal- always been flawless. Yeah, and Janikowski's a first rounder. I don't even know if that counts. I really, I, I don't know if that counts. Um, like you, you lost that pick. I don't care how good Janikowski was. He, it right. was a first rounder. I just, I don't know what to tell you. He would have um, still been there in the second round <laughs> or the third round, probably the fourth round. even. But... Probably, yeah. <laughs> At least the third, at least early third. I think you can safely assume a kicker should still be there. Um, Jeez, man. I, I, yeah, I really don't know. Um, then we've got massive Chubb chiming in that, um, drafting Vladimir Zinsky as quarterback with the ninth overall pick would make me one happy Chubb. Um, and Windy City Bronco that, uh, he seconds the notion of Zelinksy. His PFF stats when he's pressured are off the charts, which, uh, yeah, no doubt. Good point there. Um, we've got time for just a couple more from the Friday pod, since now with the new format on the three ring circus, you guys aren't getting your questions answered. Um, and we'll get into one more from Melbourne Bronco. Hi guys. I'm almost exhausted with the QB discussion, but it shows just how important it is here in Denver. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I'd be happy with Mariota. I think the coaching panel could develop a game plan around him. He has some special tricks and his time at the Titans was hurt by injuries. But if we bring in another mid-tier quarterback, we can't keep Locke. The fan base is already so divided, it would only get worse. Cheers. Um, Can I go? Yeah, please. As a college football guy, Marcus Mariota was fun. I do see a path to like a career revival for him in a game manager type role, very Teddy Bridgewater situation. And and he could do that. I will say this though, as far as Drew Locke goes, the front office doesn't give a shit about what the fans think or if, you know, who they want to start. They're not going to just dump him. They've got him under contract. So no matter who they bring in, I, I don't, unless he just totally flames out. Like I just don't see a scenario in which they just dump drew lock for, for no good reason. You have him. He's a backup plan at, at the very least. Um, but I do get it. And as somebody who's, you know, tired of lock versus Bridgewater lock versus, you know, whoever I, I get it. it. It's, it's old. All of us are tired of, of doing the, the same song and dance. So you're spot on. And uh, I hope I wasn't too snarky with my response because I get where you're coming from with the question. But I just mean, you know, the front office, they're not making this from, oh, you know, there, there's going to be a whole six more months of Twitter debate. They don't care. 
They don't care. Yeah. And and on top of that, Locke is more than likely going to be on this team regardless. Like he's he's shown that he's a good backup quarterback and you can have him be your backup quarterback for really cheap. Um I mean the the other way he doesn't is so I mean let's go through scenarios. You bring in a veteran quarterback, you bring in Aaron Rodgers, yeah, locks your backup. You draft a rookie, locks your backup. If you sign somebody like Mariota and then draft a rookie, then you could see how Locke gets cut. And so that's that's kind of like the the only way that happens. And even that would be weird because you're basically getting a quarterback who's just as good as Locke and paying him more if you're bringing in Mariota. Um, so so it'd have to be like you don't plan to draft a quarterback. You wind up drafting a quarter. You know, it'd just be a really weird scenario. I do think of all the available quarterbacks, Mariota is the best one. Like when you compare him and Teddy and a bunch of those guys, like is is he any good? Probably not. Like he had the the one good game against the Chargers a couple years ago, like overtime, um, where he played really well, but we just haven't really seen much of him. Why not? Why not bring him in compared to who else is even out there? Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, like yeah, sure, yeah, Fitzpatrick, yeah. right? Yep. Give I mean, Mariota I think there's a guys. there's a legit argument that Marcus Mariota has been the fourth best quarterback in the AFC West the last couple of years when he's been on the Raiders, honestly. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I actually have a, one of my good friends is a Raiders fan. I would joke to him all the time, man, if the Broncos had Mariota, they might actually, you know, have something because uh, while he does have his limitations, uh, Mariota does have the ability to really extend and actually like make magic happen outside the pocket uh, while extending plays. He's athletic, of course. Um, and from what I remember in his Titans days, he really kind of took care of the ball. He wasn't really putting the ball up at risk. He didn't have like three, four interception games all the time. Um, as kind of a contingency plan, uh, if you don't get, you know, uh, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I think Mariota would be a solid option for sure. And also, I mean, I think a lot of teams are thinking the same thing, and I don't think you're necessarily right. picking up Marcus Mariota for $5 million next year. Um, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... Than Case Keenum or Mark Sanchez or Joe Flacco or <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, though. He could at least run. Well, I mean, him and Teddy will be some of the uh, hotter <laughs> free agency options uh -huh. at the position. You mentioned a couple more. Um, I mean, I think route A for any team is drafting and developing a quarterback because you're going to get those four years of cost control, five basically, um, if you get them in the first round. Route B is being able to draft a veteran and compete for titles right away, which we've seen tra draft or trade, or I mean, trade or sign. You know, we've seen last two Super Bowl winners went that route. And then route C is essentially hope that you can find a retread and you're able to turn them into Ryan Tannehill or um, what Alex Smith became for the Niners uh, 10 years ago now when Harbaugh first got there. And I guess Mariota is one of the more intriguing options to go with that C route. Um Locke's probably not that far behind, though, as far as reclamation yep. projects going into this offseason. You know, it's guys like him and Sam Darnold. And I mean, you know, whatever. Like, you know, it's not going to it's going to be slim pickings. Um, so, yeah, I think if you can't go route A or B and route A. Well, in this class, you know, it's only at the right pick and at the route, right value and 
Route B, we'll see, but that's very hard. Only so many guys will get the Kylers and Russell Wilsons and Aaron Rodgers, if any of them even come available. Um, And so if you have to, okay, well, uh, by committee, Route C might not be the worst. What I will say about keeping Drew Locke is, um, you know, whatever the fans do, and as annoying as it might be for us and for all of you in these chats and comment sections, um, Drew Locke needs to step it up. I, I don't know that he was at his best last year um, once he lost the competition. Um, and so, you know, whoever they throw at him, if he's still on the team, he, this really needs to be a bit of a last chance saloon type of attitude for him and really try to get his best. And then no matter who the quarterback is, they got to figure some things out offensively because that was two, three years of like, I don't know who was calling protections at the line, but they could not figure out added pressure ever. It was always just it was guys. Unwatchable, look, man. It was like, unwatchable. It right. I mean, and like uh, an eight year old at Madden could have figured out how to beat that offense. Cause all you had to do was bring extra pressure and guys would just look at each other like, wait, you were supposed to pick that one? What? Um, so hopefully at least there's a plan in place with who's calling protections and actually following through with those plans because, it, it, yeah, it was unwatchable. And more years of that aren't going to happen. And um, extremely cerebral quarterbacks, um, which Drew Locke and Marcus Mariota, I would say it's fair enough, aren't at this point in their careers need more assistance on that front so um can i say one final thing on mock before we go here please just because since i started it um sure i agree with you you know as far as Locke clearly wasn't at his best i think he was underprepared to to come in and take over and that's on him you know you're a professional i will say this though i think we all feel like that was a quarterback competition that wasn't really a quarterback competition and vic fangio and this coach previous coaching staff made it pretty openly clear the way they felt about drew lock and while again you're a professional you got to be prepared i do think it's human to just be like look they don't believe in me i'm not going to be the guy and you know you slip back maybe a new coaching staff is is what he needs you know we talked about alex smith there's nothing there's nothing i've seen from drew lock that makes me feel like you know we're gonna get this great revival but just in his defense of kind of a wonky situation, I would say it's probably hard to be at your best when the coaching staff very clearly does not believe in you. And when you come in, they don't put you in a position to succeed from a schematic standpoint. You know, may, maybe this new staff, we, we see a different Drew Locke this, this fall. I doubt it, but maybe. I think that's a great way to end it. This has been a blast, fellas. Thank you so much. Tune in all week to the DMVR Broncos podcast live as the fellas will be giving you all the ups the updates news and notes from their time in indy um hit that subscribe button hit give this show a thumbs up and um yeah stay tuned all week and next week we'll be breaking it down in your pod feeds uh it's a great time to be following all our shows and uh yeah stay tuned and uh have a great monday
hit. We're flying cotton, we stick to you. 